Yeah, hello? Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. What's going on, man? What are we talking about? So today we're going to talk a little bit uh, just about our general natures uh, as human beings and, and how we are kind of here. You know, we're kind of aware, you know, everyone's talking about this whole awareness concept and, and ego and all these different terms. And, you know, what we're going to discuss is kind of how we relate uh, from kind of an awareness or consciousness perspective to uh, our lower nature and kind of our nature as a whole. So how we can kind of take take all of that and use it in a constructive manner uh, and uh, be uh, be able to create uh, a meaningful life from that. Sounds good, man. Those sound like some very interesting questions. So go ahead and, and maybe clarify something particular and we can try to work through it. Yeah, a particular use case may be uh, somebody that uh, is at their job, you know, they're feeling frustrated, maybe they get fired, whatever. And a lot of things come up with that because uh, kind of our natures do kind of identify or whatever you may want to say with our with our job and our position. And uh, we feel threatened, right, if we're fired or, or someone says something negative about our, our work. And uh, as a result, we have various reactions within ourselves, you know, may even go to the degree I want to kill my boss or, or do some nasty uh, things that we don't really have control over. They just kind of come about to us. Right. Right. So what's that? What are we trying to address? How do we address that or how do we understand it? Or how do we alleviate it more behaviorally or more on a conceptual level? Yeah, I think those are all probably different aspects of it, right? In terms of what you ended that with is alleviation. I mean, the question becomes, can we, are, can we or are we even possible uh, to have control over such alleviation? And it seems because we're not the ones actually creating these motives and drives, right? we're probably not responsible for them. So there's some other force outside of us, right, as consciousness or as awareness that is creating these things that are coming to us. So I don't even know if it can be alleviated, right? I think that, uh, you know, let's just say that you can alleviate it. And then the question is, is what do you do with that? So it, it comes up, you know, and it's, it, I don't think it can be removed. I mean, tell me if you think differently. Do you think that it can be alleviated completely, that it just does not come up at all? Aside from consciously focusing your mind, right? If I, let's say I'm going to look at a water bottle and I'm saying, I'm going to focus on a water bottle for the rest of my life and nothing else is going to come up. You could probably force yourself to some degree to do that if you had really good discipline. But in terms of a normal operating person within society, within groups, within companies, you know, friends, family, all this stuff, you know, you still have space for things to come to you, right? So do you think it can be alleviated or not in the sense that elimination or close to elimination is possible? Right. So I think maybe here it could be worthwhile to peer beneath the curtain or the surface a little bit and really think about what's going on here. So we say, uh, uh, first of all, we have to have some kind of starting point. So the starting point might as well be our own existence, my own, my own existence. And you can say that from your own point of view and anybody that exists and listens can say it from their own point of view. I have to start from my own existence. And herein I see that as it concerns my existence, I'm, I'm, I'm singular. I'm all of existence, meaning we can understand this a couple of ways. One, imagine if right now every single person, goodness forbid, excuse me, disappeared off the face of the planet, except for you. Would there be any less of you? 
I guess it depends from what perspective. From your own perspective, because that's the only perspective you've ever had, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> right, but I think that the things that we adopt can also change our perspective to some degree. Yeah, you know, but we, if, might not, we might not look at a certain situation the same way depending on our, our mental state or things that we've read or our view of the world. So our perspective can change. Sure, but and, in, a, in uh, a hard way, in a hard way. If you're looking at somebody and then they, you're talking to somebody and then they walk out of the room, you're still there, correct? Correct. And I mean, I get what you're saying. You're just now saying let's more say, from, I think you're saying from like an objective perspective. Now let's you say you as consciousness or awareness, right? Let's say 7 billion people walk out of the room. Is there any less of you? If I don't identify with those other people, certainly not. Whether you do or don't, you're, you're still a, a whole, you're still a unitary existence that remains, irrespective of how many people there are. Every moment right. somebody's born, somebody dies. We remain ourselves, right? So this, uh, this is one thing that we could uh, uh, pay attention to. We don't have to name it, right? Especially when names that can easily become self-serving, like some of the ones that you mentioned. And then we can say, oh, look at me. I'm aware of uh, the consciousness, consciousness. We don't have to name it. We can simply be aware of that direct fact of experience. Now, the second thing that we can be aware of is the fact that the way that I experience myself on the regular, the way that I see and view myself, is that absolute? And we would say no, right? Because I see myself as just a, a small speck, as one person, as a body, as, as a, a hairstyle, as a professional occupation, as somebody's uh, spouse, if I'm married, as somebody's friend, family member, uh, neighbor, and so forth and so on, as, as a particular individual. Is that clear? Yep. So now we can pay attention to uh, the, the infinite disparity between what I am as a self, as my existence, and what I experience myself as. You get what I'm trying to say? A little bit. I'm not sure I totally grasp that. So again, going back to, to the first point, you, you, you exist. Do you exist or, or maybe you don't? I don't know. Do you exist? To the best of my knowledge, yes. You exist, right? So as it concerns, uh, not you as a particular person, but just as it concerns the fact that you exist, can you imagine anything else than your existence? Nope. No. You can imagine other bodies. You can imagine other things, but not as a matter of existence itself. But now the way that you view yourself when you look in the mirror and your identity and all of this, is that the same thing as all of existence? No. No. It's just one particular element, right? Yep. It's just one little speck. So conceptually speaking, uh, we might say, and I hope we didn't go too deep, but it just it referred back to lay the groundwork to answer some of the questions that you brought up. Say that, uh, that conceptually speaking, that would seem to be a, a, a good candidate for the universal selfishness and vanity and, and egoism that we have, which is that I know as a matter of direct experience that I exist and that I am all of existence even. And yet the way I understand myself and the way I understand other people understand me is not as all of existence, but as potentially worse than dirt, right? Somebody maybe tries to kill me, tries to scam me, tries to steal from me. Somebody says no to me on a date, believe it or not. I mean, not me, I see, but somebody says no to me on a uh, 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 to, to work for them, right? Somebody is, is richer than me. Somebody's better looking than me. 
all of these threats to my fundamental dignity. So we say, do, do you notice here that tremendous infinite, we would say, gap and disparity between what we are and, and how we experience ourselves and think of ourselves as? Yeah, I think I kind of see what you're getting at there. Right. So, for, so for, for example, again, we're just to use contingent examples, let's say that, uh, you know, I can use that myself as an example. I joined a very nice gym recently. Right. So if I then get tired of paying so much money for the monthly membership and I go back to a, a, a little, you know, kind of crap. No, not these bad words. I go back to a regular gym. Right. Won't I feel kind of bummed out? Won't I feel this gap between what I'm used to and what I now have to experience? Absolutely. Right. What if somebody is a king or a queen or a monarch and they're dragged off their throne? Uh, thrown into a little dungeon somewhere and fed dog food. How are they going to feel? They're going to feel terrible. They're going to fit. It's, we can't even comprehend it, right? There's a, a monarch, at least one example comes to mind, who committed suicide, not because anybody did anything to him, particularly like torture, nothing that, but just because he was taken off the throne. The monarchy ended. He killed himself. He couldn't live just being a regular person. And we see, unfortunately, people that maybe are very wealthy and then lose all their, all their money, excuse me, Goodness forbid, they may take their life or certainly become very depressed. So we see, or somebody that was, uh, uh, you know, a super stud in sports, and then they lost their powers or with age, you kind of feel like a wuss. You feel worthless because you see the disparity between what I was and what I now am. So here we see that, uh, the, to relate it to the point, we see this tremendous gap between what I know that I am, which is my existence, and I'm existence in the way that, I'm treated in the world and the way that I perceive myself. There's a huge gap, right? And that's why we see we have things like pride, right? We have things like our self-esteem needs. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we would say on a deeper level, that could be a way to understand some of the things that you mentioned. Why do we want to kill our boss potentially? Goodness to real. We shouldn't want to, but why? It's because we have an infinite need for dignity. We have an infinite need for our desires to be met. If somebody steps in our shoes, our natural desire is to compensate. Just like, again, let's say a king or queen is dressed up as a peasant and somebody spits at their face. How are they going to feel? Terrible. Right. I'm a king or queen. You're spitting in my face. So for each of us, it's kind of the same situation, except much more infinitely, we would say more so. I know I exist. I know I'm here. All of you are just appearances to me. And yet you're treating me like I'm nothing. Right. You're treating me like I'm nothing. I might be a bum. Literally, I might be on the street. I might be homeless. People might not even look at me. I might be a failed uh, a business person, uh, failed in my personal life. I might uh, be just a nothing and a nobody in my own eyes and in the eyes of everybody around me. So we see, do, do you see where that desire for revenge and for power and control might possibly come from? Can you explain it in like a sentence or two? So it's the disparity between what I know that I am and what I experience myself as. Again, I'm, a, I'm the queen of England, but now long live the queen. Now I'm the, I dress up as, or somebody, a maid comes along and treats me like a maid. She says, oh, you stupid lady, right? Don't I feel like a, it makes sense why I would feel offended, correct? Right. So, I mean, does it, does it make, 
does, is, does this disparity, uh, the disparity is created by you thinking you're anything more than just experience itself? Well, the disparity, it, it, thinking you're anything more than experience yourself. I, I think the disparity is created because I am whatever it is that I am. Again, we, we should probably desist from using words that, that can be easily misunderstood, right? I just, I see that I exist. Like I'm all of existence. I'm right here. I'm the center of everything that there is. And yet the way that I, I de- identify myself with a narrow body and a narrow role and a narrow individuality defined by my psychology, defined by my desires, defined by uh, uh, my fears, and all these kinds of things. You get what I'm saying? I, I am, I want to experience myself as infinite, as endless, as, as, as large, as big, right? Inside, to so say, maybe outside too, but definitely inside. But I experience myself as small, as petty, as insubstantial, right? As finite, as mortal. You get what, you get what we're saying? I mean, if you're experiencing yourself as small, wouldn't that create a larger discrepancy. Well, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if in all of that is just from all of the identifications, right? So if it, you think that you're all of these things, if you think that you're other people's approval or your occupation or, you know, the way you're treated, all of these different things, right? Those are all external to you as experience because you are just experience, right? Well, I don't know what the word experience would refer to here. I, 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 find, I think usually we, mean by experience, you know, I see a green leaf or I'm at the amusement park. I don't know that your experience, I, I, I don't know that we can describe what we are in the, in a deep sense with using any words because there's nothing outside. I can't just reach outside of myself to, to grab a word to describe myself. You know, I'm, I'm like, uh, uh, I'm green or I'm blue. Like, no, it probably not. Right. It has to be directly. It, you just have to be, know that you exist, right? I don't know. I don't really know at, at present how else to state it, but right. It's that discrepancy, but we shouldn't kind of, again, uh, um, low ball what's going on here. It's not just a question of how I identify myself. If I say, you know, right now you, we see these things on the memes, on the, the, uh, uh, on the internet, right? I'm the universe. I'm all the stars. Have I really changed anything? And have I changed my identity? I think that depends on the person that's saying it. I think that there are certain people that are able to create perceptions and identifications that actually reflect the things that they're, that's the way they express what they're trying to say. But again, as you just said, as it's hard to describe even experience, it's hard for these individuals to describe that experience too. So um, yeah, you're, you're right. There are, right. Yeah. There are people that at, from an egoic perspective or from a, a, a mental uh, perspective say those things they just regurgitate them right instinctively uh, oh I, you know maybe it's for ego or maybe it's to feel better whatever their underlying motive is they're claiming these things without actually experiencing them but these things are deeper truths that a lot of people have experienced with a lot of work right and and I don't think you can just shut it out that they're wrong I think that there are people that genuinely are trying to describe an experience as such and then there's people that don't put in the work or don't quite get there at all and just latch onto it. And those people are mistaken. Those are good points. Those are good points, but let, let's step by. There's probably, there's all kinds of things, right? The communities on the internet, the meditation, who knows? Let's talk purely from a philosophical perspective. I should have rephrased that. Let's say we take a little kid, right? A little kid, six, seven, eight years old. And we teach the little kid to say, I am 
one with nature and with the earth and with the whole universe. Has that made the little kid not a little kid? No. No, right? If it's not obvious there, take a baby, right? Teach a baby the first words to say something. So we see there has to be real maturity and real development of individuality in order to, to change and in order to expand one's sense of self. It's not about what we say and it's not about any tricks. You can't trick your way to it. Unfortunately, again, all these things in vogue, I'm going to sit there and hum. I'm going to sit there and focus on my breathing. That's great. Everything that's great is great. But ultimately, we really have to mature and change. Just like you can't trick a, an infant into being an adult. You can't do anything to a five-year-old to turn him or her into an adult. I don't care. You teach the five-year-old to meditate for 10 hours a day. You teach the five-year-old to say every nice word in the book. I'm one with everything that there is, yada, yada. Is the five-year-old not a five-year-old then? It's still a five-year-old. Still a five-year-old, right? The only way is to really grow, is to really develop. I don't know how else to describe it, really develop. So that's what we're saying here. When we're referring back to, to the disparity between one's, what we could call find true self, whatever you want to say, and one's identity, it's not just a question of how I identify myself, right? I'm a, a little kid. I identify myself now as the cop in the cops and robbers game, now as a robber, but I'm still a little kid. Now I'm an, I'm an adult, a poorly developed adult. I identify myself as an office worker. Now I, I, I say I identify myself as the earth or the stars. I haven't changed anything. I'm the same person I was. I have to consequently engage in real honest labor to, to develop my mind, to, to develop my, to, to work through uh, the, the self-deceit and, and the lies that I tell myself to, to establish a clean, moral slate. If I've stolen things, I have to return them. If I, you know, take people out, I'm a hit man or hit woman. I got to stop doing that. And it's not funny, but for real, I absolutely would have to stop doing that. Whatever the case may be, I have to really advance myself ethically as a human being. And we would say that is the process of expanding one's identity and one's sense of self. It's nothing phony. It's nothing quick and easy or self-serving. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I think it's something that you always need to work towards too. Even, even though you may experience certain periods of creating, you know, if you want to call it a lower discrepancy or whatever it may be, you're moving along that path of so-called maturity that you call it. I don't think it's something that stays fixed. It's not like you can reach a point and then let it be, you know? Sure. Absolutely. You, right. you got to work it all the time, especially for situations like the one we mentioned with the boss that can come up. It's like, Unless you're doing something on a regular basis, it's very easy to, to go back to our lower nature. Absolutely. Right. And because and, and here, uh, th right, we didn't totally touch upon that. I feel like uh, here the, the same point is that as an animal, these are all positive reactions for me. Right. We see that animals have the same pride. If we want to call it that, I mean, not, not necessarily conscious, but the same pride as we do right that animals we might imagine also indicate the, the same kind of thing whatever we are whatever we would phrase it right and yet we see that would it be practical to teach was it a good idea to say let's teach the lions to respect the rights of the gazelles and to not be so mean to them sorry what was the question should we go out on an educational campaign into the the the, the safari and teach 
the uh, predators, uh, predator cats, to be nicer to their victims or, or to be more humane to them? Or the spiders to be nicer to the flies? I don't think uh, teaching them is going to go anywhere. Right. Why? Well, first of all, they're not capable of, uh, I don't think they're capable of conceptual thought and understanding to, to the degree of separating from their base nature. Right. They're just bodies to so say. Yeah. Their whole existence is concentrated into their body. And consequently, they don't have any other interest. That is their interest, right? The interest of a mosquito is to bite us and so forth. The interest of a, a, a great, a big cat is to do what big cats do, hunt and things like that. You can't change an animal or an insect. You can't level them up so that they have higher interest. So the idea would be that we start out in the same, on the same ethical footing or, or plane or level as all the other animals and insects. That is our self-interest. When I'm totally selfish, I'm totally narrowed down to my body and to my desires and to my self-will and to my pride. Why in the world would I not get angry at my at my stupid, no offense, boss for, for saying something mean to me or disrespectful? I would. And it's natural and it's good in my context. That's the positive thing, right? Somebody looks at me the wrong way when I'm driving. My The way that I am now, it's, it's the good thing to, to so say. It's the, the positive thing for me, as it seems, and maybe really to go give them the finger and all that. Again, the negative consequences, sure, but we're saying from the inner point of view. You get what I'm saying? So, so yeah, our, goal, our goal isn't just to behaviorally control ourselves, which is a great start. Socialization, we need that, sure, right? But we want to really transfigure our, our, our being. Uh, 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 we really want to level up to where we have higher self-interest. Now, if I've leveled up a little bit, I've worked through my selfishness a little bit. I'm able to see my boss as a, a real person, right? Who also means good, just like me, who's also holding somewhere in their human level, who also has their struggles, who's also the, the same. I see myself in the mirror, in my boss. My boss is something mean to me. Why do I want to kill them? Do I want to kill them then if I'm viewing the world like that? No, I think you'd view it from a much more understanding, compassionate, and higher level. Right, right. They could, I could still fall back, but I'll probably be aware of it. Right? There might still be a side of me that, that reacts like that, but I've already developed a higher identity. I've already developed a mind and, and some capacity of, uh, of thought, right? And consequently, I'm not going to really want to. I'm not going to really have that desire. So that's the idea, and, and with and law, not just with that, but with everything else. The key isn't just to behaviorally control. It's not just to rein ourselves in like a dog. We have to do that at first, sure. It's got to be done. Otherwise, we won't live or we'll get in too much trouble before we can ever level up. Maybe we can continue that process in the penitentiary then, right, if we are not socialized at all. Uh, but uh, uh, otherwise, the, the idea would be to attain to those higher interests, to reduce our selfishness genuinely, to really mature as a human being, and then hopefully our desires begin to change, right? I no longer find it to my self-interest to seek revenge, to be jealous, to be petty, to gossip. I don't want to. I don't want to drink spoiled milk, right, right now. I don't want to uh, eat something nasty. Well, I can also get myself to not want to gossip, to not want to trash talk, to not want to put other people down, right? To not want to fire back at people. <laughs> we just have to change who we are in a sense. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I guess my question is, aside from socialization and the negative consequences that come with that, 
why is this a worthwhile endeavor to devote so much time to? Like, aside from the basics, right? Obviously, if you kill, you're going to go to the penitentiary or do other things, you're going to get in trouble, right? Or even if it's not legally, you're going to be ostracized from groups, you're going to be kicked out, you're going to be left alone, which is, you know, isolation is very hard for vast majority of human beings. So that's enough to conform and act responsibly. But outside of those external consequences, why should we make the effort, extra effort internally to reduce selfishness? That's an excellent question. Yeah, so we would say that there's been many attempts throughout uh, the history of, you know, ethical formulations, philosophical thought, to try to uh, have, have the matter appear to be a battle between self-interest and something other than self-interest. But we would say, if something is not at all to my interest, any version of myself, to either myself of today or the self that I could one day be, it's not at all to my interest, why should I do it? I can't do it because everything I do has to be to my self-interest. By definition, we can only act for a cause out of a desire. The desire is to refer back to our nature, yada, yada. Right? So we can never ask anybody to do something against their self-interest. But what we can do is to ask somebody to do something for the self-interest of the, their, their true self-interest, of the self-interest of the person they're going to be. For example, a little kid can say, why should I do my homework? Why shouldn't I just lay around playing video games all day? What do we say to the little kid? Because the little kid needs to consider their future and learn and grow. And, and we'll say and- the way you are now, little kid, is not the way hopefully you'll always be. And consequently, you want to work for the good of the person that you, you're going to be. Or maybe if we want to put it that way, of the person you really are right now. So consequently, set aside your superficial self-interest to play video games and not do homework. And pursue your real self-interest. Don't play so many video games, you know, Fortnite, YouTube, whatever the case may be. Do your homework. Work hard, right? And so forth and so on. And consequently, you're going to attain to the true good of becoming an adult and and all the the concomitants of that. Relationships, work, love, all these things. If you remain as a child, you grow up, you don't do anything at all besides play video games. And you're now you're uh, 20 years old with a completely uneducated mind with a, a totally unsocialized personality. What, what is that to the, to the interest of the person? Most people in that situation wouldn't feel great about themselves. But yeah, It's not just about feeling, it's about being. You're yeah. not gonna, we're not gonna be who we want to be. So here the idea would be, what is to my true self-interest? Is it to my true self-interest to pursue my narrow, uh, uh, immediate animalistic ends? Is that really where my good lies? Right. Maybe if I could live forever, right, if I could have an assurance that I could create a fantasy land and always live in it. Sure. Then who cares? Then I would just I would drug myself up enough. Right. I would I would tell myself enough lies. I would ch- try to change the truth as much as I could. And I would live in my little world forever. But we don't live forever. And we know that on a certain level. Consequently, it stands the reason we should become what we can be. That's what we really want. If we really had the knowledge and the wisdom and the foresight and the strength and the technique. What else can we want to do other than to become what we can be? Just like an acorn, if an acorn can grow into an oak tree, why would it want to remain an acorn? If a caterpillar can grow into a beautiful butterfly, why would it want to remain a caterpillar? So if we, in our initial unconscious, totally animalistic uh, state, can become a human being and and we can uh, attain to uh, the, the, these humanity why would we not want to 
right? Again, if we could, right? If we thought we could, we knew we could, we had the technique, all these things. So that's the, that would probably be the answer. It's to our true self-interest, right? It's not just something that well, I can, you know, uh, I'll get along better with people. That's, that's our good. That's what we really truly want. Yeah. And I mean, look, I think it's, I think it's still self-interest to some degree. I mean, with the child, with the child, you obviously have clear, concrete things that the child can work towards, right? And whether it's an acorn or whether it's a butterfly, you can map out in the future what these things, like what a child may want, and then that child can then, I mean, look, child to child, but an adult can decide what they want, right? What type of life they want, what they want to achieve, whatever the potential. It doesn't matter, like to some degree, like it's basically what do you want for yourself and you can then look at all of those things, right? And then map out the things in the moment uh, that create the, the way that you should be acting. So it's still a narrow self-interest, like what? I want to achieve self-actualization or I want this or I want that. You're still wanting something. So, um, right. so you're, you're acting in the present for the future, yes. But you've just got a view of desire in the future versus a view of desire only in the moment. Right, right. So that's the, the basic paradigm of contingent success. Sacrifice the present for the future. I want to win a championship in sports. Maybe I should sacrifice on the extra bag uh, of chips or whatnot. I should, I should train. I, should, I want to be in shape, go to the gym. I want to earn money, save instead of being an impulsive spender. We're talking about something deeper here. And we're also, we don't, again, we don't want to use these words that are pop words, the self, schmackula, gajation, whatever the case may be. We're talking about becoming a, 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 what it is that we have to be, right? Again, is an acorn self-actualizing or whatnot and becoming out true? You could say that, but that's just what it has to be. That's just what it, an, an acorn has to become an oak tree, right? So we have to become human beings. That's what we're, we're supposed to do. That's what we're outfitted to do. We have all the tools. We have everything. That's what we simply need to do, right? And, and here also, we can't necessarily, he said it's narrow. It's not necessarily narrow because think about it. If we take any given desire at all, pick a desire, anything. Food. Food. Why do you want to eat? I mean, I think there's a few different ways to look at that. But I mean, the main reason I want to eat is because I feel hungry. Right. And why do you feel hungry? Not something that I created. Right. I feel hungry because I need the calories or nutrition to survive. Right. Then, right. Exactly. So, so there's an objective demand uh, uh, concerning your body. And, and apparently, again, this is kind of speculation, but as it would seem, right, uh, uh, what's going on is that we identify with our body and consequently that which is, makes the body whole and complete and adequate is that which makes us whole and adequate and complete. So, for example, let's say that I, um, I find a new job, right? Let's say I'm, I'm a, 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 I become a firefighter. Before, I never heard of firefighting. Now I become a firefighter. I'm not sure what the rules and expectations are exactly. But let's say my, the expectation is to go ahead and rest, put at least a little bit of you know, limb on the line and, and risk uh, uh, my life a little bit in order to save people as needed. But let's say then that I don't do that. Right. Somebody's is goodness forbid, you know, trapped in a, in a burning house, but I don't want to, I'm too scared. I don't rush in there. Right. How do I feel about myself? 
I think it just goes down, goes back to values. I think whether you were going to go in and save somebody as a firefighter, whether you don't go in and save someone as an individual, I think it's still down to self-interest. And yeah, I but mean, that's fine, first, fine. But but specifically, right? That's a somewhat different point. Well, how do I feel about myself? Well, look, if if you go in as a firefighter, do you survive? What do you mean? Like, let's say somebody's in a building. You're a firefighter. You go in, right? Are you able to? I mean, here, let's not get into the technicalities. We can do anything. Let's say it doesn't have to be that. You invest in a a company. Now the company tanks. How do you feel? Look, I mean, I get what you're saying. You're going to feel, you're going to feel bad. You're going to feel bad. You put on a t-shirt. That's yeah. It's because it's somewhat, you relate it somewhat to yourself. Right. Right. You identify. It's an identity, whether it's a company or another person. It's right. the same exact thing that's going on within your mind is right. that you see the other person as yourself and you wouldn't want to be that person, right? Or the company you see as an extension of you and anything that harms you is right. that. It's a diminution of self. You put on a t-shirt and there's a stain on it. Wow. And now I feel bad about myself because I identified with the t-shirt. The t-shirt yeah. is inadequate. Now I'm inadequate. I'm a fashion model. My job is to, to fashion out there, whatever it's called run down, go down the catwalk with t-shirts that are completely stained, I don't feel bad about myself because then the t-shirt is adequate. So here we would say I have to identify with something. So the idea would be I identify with my body. And consequently, what makes my body adequate is what makes me feel adequate, what is what makes me feel whole. So if we go deeper, the thing, what I, what I really want is to feel whole myself. I want to feel adequate myself. My body is just a means to so do just like the t-shirt can be a means to so do, just like doing my job as a firefighter can be a means to so do, just like my sports team winning, just like my, my company that I invested in doing good is these are all means for me to feel the way I want to feel complete, whole, unified, and so forth and so on. So we would say that's the root of any and all desires. And, and the only way to really truly attain to what I want is to really truly become a human being or move in that direction. I'd say become like wave a magic wand, move in that direction instead of mulling about in our unconscious animality, to move in that positive direction. And that's how I can really attain to what I want. There's an answer to your question about why is it worth it to pursue something higher instead of just doing whatever it is that we do. Right. And at the end of the day, it's still going to be somewhat in that individual self-interest. Well, as we said at the beginning, we're not trying to, create a split here between self-interest and non-self-interest. If something is not whatsoever to my interest of any sort of my future self or my present self, why should I do it? If somebody tells me, you know, you should go and stand on your head for 20 years. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Why not? Well, because it's not to my self-interest. Like, don't be selfish. Don't only do things to your self-interest. Just do it. Stand on your head for 20 years. Would you do it? No. No. Why? Why would I do it, right? To, to show that I'm not self-interested? No, right? So yeah, the battle is not between self-interest and not self-interest. The battle is between my animal self-interest, my unconscious self-interest, and my true self-interest. My true self-interest is to truly mature, to truly develop, to truly move toward a direction of, of humanity. And my animal self-interest is to do whatever it is that I do, to give the finger and honk when somebody cuts me off, to gossip, to trash talk, to be lazy, to be degenerate, to be vulgar, to, to, all these kinds of things, to look at inappropriate things on the internet. That, that, that's my animal self-interest. You get, you get what, what we're saying here? Right. So 
we're not really concerned with reducing self-interest. Would you say that we're concerned with reducing selfishness or not really as a whole, but only in regards to the so-called animal selfishness? That's a good distinction, man. Yeah. So as you selfishness is just a term. If we want yeah. to use that term in a lofty way to say that, you know, it's, it's been said by, by philosophers, the ultimate selfishness is the, the move in, the, in a direction of, in a great direction because it's the, my true good. Right. It's not my true good to be uh, a pirate of the Caribbean and to go, uh, you know, steal some booty before I get my hand chopped off and then die or get killed at age 40 or whatever the case may be. That's not really my self-interest. My self-interest is to try to become a saintly person, a thinking person uh, uh, and so forth and so on. So if we want to call that selfish, we can. But <laughs> usually the word selfish would refer to that uh, uh, that that prison. Uh, of animality and unconsciousness that we find ourselves in initially, right? Uh, I, it, for, it's not even that, there's not even a self necessarily present in the way that there might be later on. Just like with a baby, it's not like, oh, here's baby Bob, baby Bill, baby Jane, baby Alice, it's just desires. That's what the selfishness consists in. I just have an impulse to do something. I must do something. We study these pathologies, unbelievable, unbelievable range of incredible pathologies, for example, something like, uh, 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 what's the word, a uh, uh, pyrotechnic, not a pyrotechnic, the people that set things on fire, right? And you interview them, they say, I don't know why I did it. I just had this incredibly strong compulsion to set a house on fire, goodness forbid, right? So that's the selfishness we're referring to. It's not the person says, here's myself, here's my self-interest, here's what I want to do. It's pure animal unconscious compulsions, like with all the rest of uh, 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 life, right? Why did you rob the store? What is this, your self-interest? You're gonna, this is what, what you need to become a fully fleshed out, mature, ethical human being? No, it's not your self-interest. It's just animal compulsion. It's just something bubbles up in the unconsciousness. You get what we're saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just don't necessarily think it's that effective a distinction because it seems like the ones you're making apply to both domains, the higher and the lower. For example, let's say I've moved on to a higher realm or higher plane of existence. I've reduced the identification with my body, my narrowness, my pettiness, my animality, all these things. And I've kind of uh, taken my, my human nature and put in a meaningful direction, right? So let's say I do good for others. I take care of the community. You know, I, I make sure things are tidy. make sure things are clean. I work. I'm productive. All of these things are still motives within me that after the ball is kind of rolling, they'll happen automatically, Right. I don't, at some point, I'm not going to have to consciously think to be good to other people. It's just going to happen naturally. The same way as doing harm to other people could come naturally to, mm. to people that are in the lower realm. So I think instead of being so concerned with selfishness and self-interest and animal compulsions, which even doing good is an animal compulsion, right? Even if I give somebody money or whatever it may be, you could even go back to say it's still in my self-interest because by doing good to another person, I increase my own reputation in the community. I'm seen as reliable, as agreeable, as nice, as collaborative, you know, and I thereby increase my own survival. So everything in some sense could be tied back to self-interest. Again, as you said, we never do anything outside of that scope. And even good things be, can be considered animal compulsions. I mean, everything at the end of the day is animalistic, right? So I think uh, some other distinction along the lines of uh, – the lower nature is needed and, and something along the lines of identifying just with my body and only concerned from my perspective and somehow identifying with other, other people, you know, I mean, I don't want to, we already discussed, Oh, in the universe, this and that, but like to some degree for the people that truly experience those things, 
they do view other people and even objects as part of themselves, right? So the more that we can expand, right, our, our narrowness, expand that energy, and I don't want to get into the, these terms, like, right, but this is how they've been described. And of course, the modern era has taken them and twisted them and people latch onto them. But to some degree, it is about taking that outward, right? And outside of just yourself and viewing other people as yourself and reducing that identification of your own body and of the things that you've accomplished and your social status and all these things that exist throughout time, right? Right now, there's just you as an experience or you as consciousness or you as awareness. And you've got all of these different motives and drives, good and bad, right? The bad ones come about when you only identify with yourself and you only care about yourself as a body and the things that you can do throughout time. But if you disidentify with all of those things and identify with other people and disidentify with time, your perspective can change drastically. Right. That's very well said, man. Those are really some great points. And again, you put it in very good ways. Um, yeah. So a couple of things come to mind. One real quick, I would really um, caution against saying I'm awareness or I'm consciousness or anything like that. Right. I'm I. I'm a self. There's different sides. We can use a word like will to describe a side of what I am. We can use a word like mind to describe what I am or like thought or like also part of it. Sure. I want to be, I don't want to be, uh, you know, not aware. I'm aware. Sure. I'm, I'm uh, present. Right. But we don't want to narrow it down. Like some of these things we see on the internet, you know, you're just this, that who knows what it is. I'm a self, whatever that is. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, but you made a great point that the, the there's a distinction to be made between external uh, superficial morality, which consists, as you said, oh, now I'm a good person. I'm going to give to the person on the street. I can do that from now till forever. I may never change. Right? It may only feed my vanity. Now I spent a whole lifetime doing selfish things. Now I want to quickly fix everything by getting a hospital wing named after me. Yay, I'm a saint right now. So here the change has to be inner and the change, yes, it has to be in our identity and in our understandings. And that's why it's so helpful to get a few things down pat. So, for example, when you mentioned seeing yourself and other people, excuse me, absolutely essential. Absolutely. I want to see myself in others. But the way that I really do that is through creating this positive cycle uh, uh, of uh, uh, both expanding my understanding and identity, backing it up with action and hopefully uh, 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 more so. Uh, increasing my understanding and, and again, having good action and so forth and so on, right? For example, somebody has to explain to me or I have to understand the concept that I can see myself in others. I look in the mirror, that's an image of me, but it's not me, right? Right? You get what we're saying? Can you hear me? Yep, I lost you for like 20 seconds there. Which point were we at? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. I was so the question, the question now, you on. can see yourself in the, it, when you look in the mirror, do you see yourself or do you see an image of yourself? I think it's from what, uh, what perspective you're looking at. I mean, I think the default would be you see yourself. You see an image of yourself. You shoot the mirror. You didn't shoot yourself. Oh, oh yeah, you're seeing, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah, you didn't shoot. Yeah. And even your face. You know, I once met a guy with no face. He was still a, a guy. He was still a, himself, right? Even without a face. You don't see yourself. Just the body, just the skin, just the bones. So I can be taught, you know, I see myself. That's an image of myself. I see another person. It's also an image of myself. 
I see myself in you. It's not that hard. It's hard to, to stump to really make it a part of us, but we can kind of understand at least the, the, what we're supposed to say here. We're supposed to think. So then we begin the process. You know, I serve people, but I'm trying to see myself in them, not just stoking my vanity. I made a little progress, right? Now it's easier for me to serve people. Now I make more progress. You get what we're saying? We started this positive cycle, but yeah, absolutely. The change cannot just be ex external. It can't just be behavioral or it's phony. Right. Yeah, and I wasn't really saying that either. I wasn't saying just from an external perspective, do good and do that. You know, do good for the community and expect oh, amigo or seen good or hospital wing, all that stuff. I wasn't even really saying from that perspective. Mine was completely internal from the beginning. Right. Right. Yeah. I think you, you, were, you were saying that we have to make a distinction between, uh, uh, you said the distinction between uh, higher and lower selfishness is not enough. Right. Because if I say, oh, I'm doing this for my I'm giving money for my true higher good, I'm st still type of selfishness. Right. You're right. So here you said we should make an additional distinction. The additional distinction might be to work on our understandings, to, to bring our mind into what it is that we're doing and why it is that we're doing it. We have to say, I, I want to uh, become what I can be as a human being. Let me see what I can do to facilitate that end as it concerns my actions, as it concerns my thoughts, my feelings, and, and such. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Anything else, man, that, that you want to briefly discuss? I think that's good for today. Sounds good, man. Well, good, good talking to you. Thought it was a good talk, and, and uh, hopefully it's useful. You too. Take care. All right. Talk to you. Bye.